good morning. We're going to have to pass the plate a couple times extra this morning um, so the church can buy a crane to help get me up and down out of this thing here. So <laughs> that's going to cost a pretty penny. <laughs> well, it's good to see y'all. You're looking good. Uh, really are. Uh, let's bow our heads in prayer and ask the Lord to bless. Father, we just thank you so much for the for the privilege of preaching the Word of God. Um, Lord, it's just amazing to me that you take such unworthy vessels and uh, uh, through your grace and mercy, you can use us to your honor and glory. God, I pray that it, the words that come out of my mouth will not be mine, but Lord, they will be yours. And Lord, you will speak to every heart here. Uh, the souls of every person here this morning is hungry to hear from you. And God, I pray that you will impact each one of their lives. And God, just do in all of us that which will bring the greatest glory to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, <clears throat> our pastor asked me to continue the series of... Uh, that's been preached on as for uh, choices, and uh, I'm going to continue that that series this morning and and uh, wrap up, bring it to a to an end. And uh, my wife told me this morning. She said, "Well, that's really fitting that you're bringing up the end. You make a good rear end." So. I, I don't know what she meant by all of that, but uh, <laughs> uh, such is the case. Uh, I'm going to be preaching this morning on important over the urgent. We're all busy. Uh, we all have... have so much to do, uh, and it's just uh, uh, something we all have to deal with every day of our life in trying to get things done, and quite often we, we, we're, we're in a panic. We feel like we have to do the urgent. There are just so many things to do. Well, I want to try to help you make better choices to hopefully keep you from having to deal so much with the urgent and be dealing with that which is important. You know, you want to spend time with the kids. You want to pray. You want to read your Bible. Uh, you want to go fishing. The ladies want to go shopping. But boy, I just don't have time to do those things. And, and you know, there's uh, dishes to do. There's the car to fix, tires to rotate. The lawn needs mowed. Johnny needs his diaper changed. And there's just all kinds of things like that that are always there that we seem to have to give ourselves to pay attention to. A common response that we hear from people today, we ask, how you doing? They say, oh, I'm busy. I'm just so terribly busy. And boy, we look at each other sometimes and we're never relaxed. It seems like everybody's up tense. Well, listen, if the devil can't make you bad, do bad things to keep you from serving the Lord, he'll just make you busy. And you'll not be able to serve God. So it's really something we've got to get a hold of. 
we all have 24 hours in a day, every one of us. But we all do different things with those 24 hours. And it's important that we learn to make the important the most important. Get it where it belongs and not be dealing with the urgent, the things that just now, uh, boy, we're just, we're just stressed out. And, and uh, what, what could I have done that would have kept me from getting to this point in time uh, in my day? Um, how many of us often feel like uh, there's just not enough time in the day? There's just not enough time for me to do uh, whatever needs to be done. I just don't have enough time. Now, folks, that's not true. You have time to choose what you take time for. Now, men, you're busy. I, I know most every one of you are busy, but when hunting season comes around, what do you guys do? You go hunting. You, you, what you want to do, you make time for. And it's really important for us to, to realize that and quit kidding ourselves that I just don't have enough time. A lot of our time is taken up with stuff that doesn't need to be in our lives. And we need to learn to deal with that stuff and deal with who or what is important. Let me try to explain it this way. You have a business. And boy, you look out there and there's a customer just raising cane and arguing with your, your, your worker out there on the, on the floor. And it's, it's urgent for you as the manager to go and deal with that problem. Well, listen, maybe if you would have dealt with something that would have been very important, that being train and teach your workers how to deal with customers who are angry so that maybe it never would have gotten to that point of becoming a point of urgency. You see, the important wasn't done, and the urgent now had to be dealt with. What's that smell? You're driving your car, and you say, boy, something's getting hot. And uh, you look down, and your, your oil lights there just flashing away, and, and, man, it's urgent. You find out what's wrong with that car now. Well, listen. If you would have just checked your oil and had your oil changed when it needs to be changed, that was important. But you didn't do the important. Now you have to deal with the urgent. Oh, man, I got a headache this morning. I don't feel good at all. I don't want to get out of bed. Well, boy, you, you need to take care of that urgently. What's, what's wrong with you? Well, if you'd have just taken care of yourself. Eating properly, taking proper uh, care of yourself as you should every day, maybe you wouldn't be having to deal with the urgent and do that thing we all love to do and go to the doctor. So do what's important. You know, if you do the important, you won't have as many things that are urgent in your life. So do something that might be a little hard for some of us. I know it is for me. Sit down and think about your schedule. Sit down and look at your time. Assess your day. And start dealing 
with the important. Seriously, take those moments to do that. Uh, choose the important instead of the urgent. Well, God made us. He knows what we are, uh, how we're going to react. He knows that we're all but dust. He knows we're going to sin. He knows we're going to fail. And he gives us grace and mercy to, to pick us up and, and give us fresh start every day. Uh, so he gave us an example in the scriptures of a couple ladies that are going to uh, help us understand the importance of, of uh, choosing the importance over the urgent. If you'll open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, we're going to read verses 38 and 39. Now, I like using the King James. There's a few archaic words. I'll try to pass over them as I, as I read it here. Don't be bothered by them, please. Now, it came to pass... As they went, now this is Jesus, Jesus and his disciples, it's the they. Uh, they just came from a, a time where Jesus had been casting out demons and, and manifesting uh, who he is and the power that he has. And he just shared with them that great uh, truth of the, the good Samaritan. And now they, they started moving again as a group. And, and here we are. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house and she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. The little town they came to was a town called Bethany. Now everybody in this country had been hearing about Jesus, the miracles he's doing, and, and the Messiah is coming, so they're all excited. Is this really him? Is he really the one? And, and boy, when, when they heard in Bethany that Jesus is coming and he's going to come right through town, Martha was there with the rest of the crowd, excited because Jesus is coming. And boy, she sees him coming right into the edge of town there. She's not going to miss this opportunity. She goes out and invites him into her house. And Jesus comes into her the house and uh, uh, he greets Martha and he greets Mary and then he starts sharing with those two ladies there in the house. And I believe initially they both sat at Jesus' feet while he shared the word. Because look there at, uh, at verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet. So if she also sat there, she, uh, Martha had to be sitting there as well. So initially, there they are, sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ, being taught by him and him personally sharing things with them. Man, this is awesome. And Mary's just sitting there like a sponge, taking it all in. And Martha's listening, but she's worried, worried about what didn't get done, worried about isn't it, what's in its proper place, worry about what has to be done to be the proper host for Jesus, and uh, uh, she is losing sight of the important, and she is now focusing on what she believes is very urgent. So she excuses herself, if you can imagine that, being taught by Jesus, and she wants to get up and, and make sure the, the bread's not burning or whatever the case may have been. 
and she excuses herself, and I think she probably nudged Mary, said, come on, come on, we got stuff to do. I don't know exactly what happened, but she's, uh, she's bothered, and Mary, or Martha, missed the important and pursued the urgent. Now, Martha felt pressure as a hostess, no doubt. And this wasn't like any common, ordinary person coming into your home. You know, like when Aunt Sally comes, you just grab the clothes and throw them in the closet and shut the door and, and pick up whatever's on the floor. This is Jesus Christ coming into my house, the Son of God. So maybe we can understand why she was pressured to deal with what she thought was very urgent. And listen, you may not have people over because you don't want to deal with the mess. You may have people over and can't enjoy it because you're always concerned about what's going around. Listen, enjoy the time with people and don't worry about perfection. Uh, that's so important. The important thing is you with people. They came to see you. They're in your house. So give yourself to them and don't be all consumed with all the busyness that's going to be there anyway. Uh, enjoy your time and and Martha didn't do that with Jesus Christ. Well, look at verse 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. And that simply means she was just all bent out of shape about things that she felt needed to be done. And it was heavy on her mind, and she couldn't listen to Jesus, so she excuses herself and goes about the business there. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to Jesus. While he's standing there or sitting there uh, talking with Mary, she comes in and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Please tell her to get off her little hiney and come and help me. I don't know if she said it that way, but when women get upset, they're usually upset, so... She's upset. She wants some help. And she's going to Jesus and bothering him with what he was sharing with Mary to try to get Mary to get up and give her a hand. Well, let's see what Jesus thought of that situation. Verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Now, this is already telling us where this is going, isn't it? <laughs> when I was a little boy, my mom never said, Bobby, Bobby. She said, Bob Preston Ross. And boy, I knew my tiny hiney was in for a whipping. <laughs> it, was, it was tiny once. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> All right? But uh, uh, here we find that Jesus is going to be setting a principle for these two ladies and for us. Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> you're careful, you're, you're paying attention to things. They might be good, they might be important. But hey, I'm here teaching you. That's what's important. Listen to what he says. But one thing is needful. One thing is really important. And Mary has, what's that next word? Chosen. Mary has chosen 
that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Now, I'll be making some comments about the last part of that in just a moment. But uh, uh, he's making it very clear. The most important thing was being neglected by Martha. Mary chose what was the most important. Important over the urgent. And I'm sure she felt a little bit embarrassed while her sister tried to get Jesus to persuade her to to get up and go uh, uh, help with all the chores that needed to be done around the house. Well, I want to ask you a question as we continue on. What's the most important thing that you've been distracted from pursuing? What is it you're not pursuing? What is it you're not looking at? You're not considering. You're distracted with all the busyness of the day and of of your life. What is it you're missing out on? Is it time with God? Well, preacher, I just don't have time to pray. I don't have time to study my Bible. There's just no time for that. And you're right. You'll never find time to study and read. You're going to have to make time to study and read the Word of God. Remember, fellas, you get up and go hunting no matter what situation because it's important to you. Now, if it's important to you to spend time with God, if it's important to you to pray for your family, to to praise, just spend some time in prayer to pray for the day, get up a half an hour earlier. Oh, preacher, I can't do that. Sure you can. Get up a half an hour earlier and read your Bible and pray. And fellas, a good thing to do. That's a great time for you to sit there with your wife and read the word with her. And uh, if you're not good at praying, just start practicing. Uh, uh, Man, what a great time for a husband and wife to be praying together and reading the word together. First thing in the morning. Well, that'll do wonders. Pretty soon, you won't want to miss getting up that half hour early. You'll do what you think is the most important with your time. Maybe you've been distracted from spending time with your children. You know you should, you want to, but you just don't. There's just not enough time. Let me share the example of my dad. My dad was... a a hard-working man. He's always a blue-collar kind of guy, getting his hands dirty all of his life and, and just worked hard. And boy, he came home one day and he was just as happy as he could be. And he said, I got the job at the new tube mill there at the Colorado Fuel and Iron Corporation, CF&I. And uh, he said, I'm the crane operator, if you can believe it, in the new tube mill. And it's a great, big, humongous building with a crane that ran the whole length of the building, and, and he would move uh, thousands of tons of, of heavy steel and, and stuff, and it was an important job, and man, did it ever pay good. For the first time in my mom and dad's life, they bought their first home. They put a down payment and started making payments. They were so happy and excited. Just to, It was an older house uh, on an acre of land, and, man, we loved it out there. It gave us plenty of time 
uh, no houses close by, and uh, uh, had a, uh, a pig barn with a slanted roof. And my brother and I would throw a mattress on top of that roof, and we'd sleep there all summer long, just looking at the stars and uh, getting up and doing mischievous things. You know, we'll, we'll stop there on that. But, uh, uh, man, we loved that place. It was so good. And the benefits, my dad never had anything with benefits. And uh, uh, we were all so happy and uh, so excited for a while. One major problem. He only could work graveyard all night long. They never would change his schedule. He worked nights every, every day. So he would sleep during the day and then he'd go to work at night. That meant that his time with us and our time with him was very minimal. We hardly ever saw him. And uh, uh, I, I don't know what happened, but I remember hearing my mom and dad uh, talking with my older brother. He had done something wrong, which was no surprise to me. And he got caught, and uh, they were talking to him about it, and, and I could see the chagrin on my dad's face. And I didn't realize it, but I know what he was thinking. If I was here to spend some time with my son, maybe he wouldn't be dealing with what he's having to deal with now. So my dad thought about that and prayed about that. And after about 18 months on that job, he gave his 30-day notice, trained a new crane operator, and my dad quit that job. No longer bringing in the big bucks, no longer the benefits. And he went to driving a, uh, a panel truck delivering clothes for a dry cleaner, picking up dirty clothes and bringing them to the cleaners. Quite a change. But they kept things going, got that house paid for over the years. And uh, we were all so glad because we got to spend time with our dad. And boy, you could see the joy in his life. He wanted to spend time with us, and he made that possible. He chose the important so that he wouldn't have to deal with the urgent in dealing with our lives when we were out of control. Well, we can all be busy, and we're all so busy, and, and I had to learn a lesson a hard way uh, when I was pastor of the church here. Uh, we had a mobile home set up on the hillside over here where that great big old tree is. I planted that tree when it was about yay high. And uh, none of these buildings were here. It's just a hillside. And uh, I looked out over the uh, banner on our banister on our uh, front deck, and here comes a police car right into the driveway there. And uh, I'm looking there, and John Osborne steps out. That's Cheryl's husband, John. He was a policeman, a great guy. And uh, he goes over to the side of the car and opens the door, and my oldest son, Nathan, comes out. Now, he's just, I think, in junior high school uh, at that time. But he had gotten in trouble stealing. Went into a store, and he was shoplifting, and uh, he got caught. And boy, John, come to find out, spent, he really invested in Nathan, spent time talking to him and counseling, and, and we were eternally grateful for, for that investment of your husband in our son's life when he, when he got in trouble. And uh, uh, I 
I was just beside myself. I was upset with him, but I was more upset with myself. You know, I'm not spending the time I need with my kids. And it's really no big surprise that he's getting involved in these kind of things. I've just been too busy and didn't deal with the important, and now I'm having to deal with the urgent. You see, I was taking care of all the business of the church. Uh, summertime, I preached a couple youth camps. That summer, I preached a couple missions conferences uh, in the northeastern part of Colorado. I preached a two-week revival. Uh, man, that was a different day when those things went on. Coming to church every night for two weeks. And uh, uh, big things which demanded big time. And I was invested in the ministry. After all, God called me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I found out you can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's important. Very important. But there's nothing more important to me in my life than my family. If I don't have my family, I don't have a ministry. Would you want to come hear me if my kids were the worst kids in town and, and they had reputations that were just simply terrible? You want to come listen to me talk to you about how to raise your kids and how to, to have a family? Uh, not so. It's so important I invest that time in our kids. So I had a meeting in, I think it was Fort Worth, Texas coming up, and I was going to fly to Fort Worth and I didn't have the money to buy a ticket for Nathan, and I remembered an old-timer wanted an axle from a, a, a mobile home. So I got under our home, took the axle off, and, and slid it out, called him up, and said, hey, I got an axle for you. He came and bought it, and I bought Nathan a ticket. And we went, and we had a great time together. But I made adjustments in my schedule to spend time with Nathan and with the rest of the kids. Are you neglecting your children? Listen, that's the greatest treasure you'll ever have in your life. And your kids don't want things. They want you. So be sure you invest your time in the lives of your children. Uh, it's so very important that that kind of thing uh, goes through your mind and uh, you... Start adjusting your schedule to do what's important so that you don't have to deal with the urgent. Maybe it's your marriage that's struggling. And every one of our marriages struggle. My wife would get out of line every now and then, and we, we, had, we had to struggle. So uh, uh, I don't care who you are or what you're doing, you are going to have problems. And... Uh, Man, you've you got to pay attention to that. You can't just brush them off and, and say, well, I'm the head of this house. We'll do it my way. When I say jump, you ask how high on the way up. Man, that's no way to do it. You need to learn to talk. You need to learn to spend time together. But we don't have time. Make time. Make time for what's important, and that is so very important. Your children need you. They watch you. They learn how to love. You know, not watching the intimate moments. I'm not going there at all. But those little times where you kiss each other and hug each other and those special pats that you give to each other. And uh, your kids learn so much from you. And, man, if you're cold and mad and angry and, 
and griping. You're teaching your kids to be cold and mad and angry and gripe. And they're most likely going to do the same thing when they get married. Well, we're teaching our kids important lessons. Do what's important. Schedule some time to go on a date night. Schedule some time to, to get away together on a weekend. Do what's important so you won't have to be dealing with the urgent in a lawyer's office and talking about getting a divorce. Man, deal with the important so you won't have to deal with the urgent. Choose the best over the good. Uh, so very important. I want to try to help you. Uh, just a few simple ideas on choosing the important. How do we go about that? Some of you are in a position where you're a leader and you have people working under you and some of you are a laborer and you don't have too much flexibility with your work schedule. You do what is expected of you and what you're told to do. Uh, but we all have hours in the day when we're at home, so this applies to every one of us no matter what our situation. But in whatever way you can, create artificial deadlines. Boy, today I'm going to be through with this project by this time. i got to quit right there because I have to do this because my wife and I are going out to supper tonight. And the way it's been is I'm just so busy, my wife and I don't go out to supper. And what's the most important thing? You and your wife. Well, I've got to provide for my family. Yeah, your family needs you. You can provide. You can make ways. Sit down and just give some thought to it and change your schedule and put some uh, artificial deadlines in place. Uh, assess your daily work. Schedule your day, calendar your time so you have these set times to do things that are the most important to you. Man, I'm going to go play ball with my kids. Well, a child that is promised something, honey, I promise you I'm going to do it. Promise you we're going to go there. And then you don't do it and you don't go. Boy, that is so disheartening for kids. Well, preacher, I'm just busy. We all are. Every one of us are. But you're going to make time for that which is most important, I hope and pray. Choose the important so you don't have to deal with the urgent. Calendar your time. Uh, make faster decisions. Uh, delegate. If you're in a position where you can delegate people and uh, share your workload, boy, do that. Uh, it helps them and it helps you a great deal. But here's what's really important, two things. Learn to say no. I had a hard time with that. Uh, when people ask something on me, I felt like I had to do it. And uh, uh, now you just got to say no. And to this day, that's, that's really hard for me. Except when, honey, my wife says, honey, it's time to eat. Uh, I forget all about no. And, uh, uh, but other times, it's pretty hard. And here, listen to this. Be ruthlessly selective in your yeses. Yes, don't overcommit. And you see, when you set uh, artificial deadlines, that, that's sort of like a barrier for you. It helps you to realize, man, I, I can't do more. I can't take on more because 
I have this time slot here with my kids. I have this time slot at my church. I made a commitment. And boy, it's important to, to sit down and, and put those barriers in place. A barrier meaningful life is not a lack of commitment. It helps you to keep from overcommitting. And that's what a lot of us do. We just get too many irons in the fire and we get overcommitted. So sit down, please, and assess the, uh, your, your schedule and choose what's important over the urgent. Choose what's best, even over the good. Busyness does not necessarily equate to productivity. Just being busy sometimes is a waste of time. You're not really accomplishing what really should be accomplished. Um, someone may ask our pastor, Pastor, how do you do it all? You know what his answer would be? I don't. And I love seeing that in him. And I've enjoyed watching him these past 10 years. We live in the same house, so he can't get by with much, out much. And if you want to know some things, just come see me. I got a list. And, and no. <laughs> but he would say, no, I don't do it all. You see, he's learned to delegate. And he's great at doing that. And uh, he schedules his time. And I remember when I first started watching him after I had resigned as pastor, uh, uh, I got to watch him and thought, man, he's getting lazy. Uh, he should be busier in this. What's he doing time uh, with the boys again? What's he doing time visiting with that family and going over there? Man, we never had time to do that kind of thing. And then I realized what I've been preaching to you here. What he's been doing is he's setting those uh, time slots and he's scheduling his time, he's calendaring his time, and he's getting more done than I ever was able to accomplish. Man, I love watching him, learning from him. Uh, he was supposed to learn from me, now I'm learning from him. And really, that's the way it ought to be. And that's such a joy to see that. And it's such a joy to see the way the ministry here has grown and is growing. Uh, so, uh, which barriers... you need to put in place to keep from coming, becoming overcommitted. You must learn to say no and be very careful as to what you say yes to. The best leaders don't do more. They do more of what matters most. They figure that out and they're accomplishing more. You will do better as a wife. You'll do better as a husband. You'll do better as an employer. You'll do better as an employee if we try to just spend some time thinking about what we're supposed to do. And you young people, this applies to you too. I mean, you're going to show up in class tomorrow and you're going to say, oh, Lord, help me with this test. Please, I've got to pass this thing. And uh, really... The important thing was, all weekend, you should have been studying for that test. But instead, I mean, this was more fun, a whole lot more fun than in studying. If you would have done the important, you wouldn't be crying out for mercy, God. 
in taking that test. Well, I wish somebody would have told me that uh, when I was in school. I got so mad at God for not helping me um, <laughs> when, I, when I would pray to him because I wouldn't study. And, uh, uh, but it, it, it'll make a difference in your schooling. It'll make a difference in the rest of your life. Do what matters most. If I have time, I'll work out, preacher. If we have time, honey, we're going to go on that date. Hey, kids, if we have time, we're going to get away this weekend. You have time for what you choose to have time for. Give some thought to it and do what's important. And boy, you're going to be dealing with a whole lot less heartache, a whole lot less urgency. Uh, do first what matters most. You're going to be making choices all of your life. And I want to share an example of our pastor on a very important choice he made 10 years ago. When I was pastoring here, I came down with two cancers, one right after the other. I think when I got the first one treated and was recovering from it, two weeks later I found out I had a much more serious cancer and uh, had to, to actually go away to, to get that one treated. And, and uh, well, I really got sick. And for about two years, uh, Justin being the second man, being the associate pastor, he did most of the preaching, did all the baptizing and any funerals or weddings. And, you know, he just was stepping in, doing it all. And I did what I could, which wasn't much for those two years, uh, before I went off to, to try to get uh, help on that second cancer. In between the two cancers, Bell's palsy hit the right side of my face, and it, it sunk down, and, you know, and I, I had to have a patch over this eye, and it drained, and I drooled out of my mouth, and it's hanging down here. But it was really cool for Halloween, because, you know, I had the, the patch there, and I made a perfect pirate, and I even had a sunken chest. So, man, we were good to go for that, that outfit, and uh, 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 got through that. I had it for a year. A year that crazy thing hung on, and you talk about something humbling, <laughs> that'll humble you quick. Uh, but boy, I was, I was in a position where I couldn't do much, and it took a long time to get my strength back, and, and I was realizing I can't really keep up with what needs to be done here. So I told the church, I'm going to have to resign. And they asked me, said, Pastor, would you recommend Justin to the church? And I said, no, because he likes being the second man. He doesn't want a pastor. And uh, uh, they asked, would you ask him to at least pray about it? And I said, okay, I'll do that. So Justin and I sat down, and I asked him if he would consider letting me put his name up to become pastor here. And he said, no. Dad, uh, I'm, I'm just totally happy being the second man. I love serving and and helping you with the ministry. He said, that's what I want. And I said, well, I'm going to resign. And uh, you can do the same for another man, that's for sure. But I want to ask you to at least pray about becoming pastor here at Grace. And uh, he said, uh, okay, I'll pray about it. So about a week later, 
he came in, he had sort of a growlish look on his face, and we sat down and he said, Dad, why did you ask me to pray about that? <laughs> I knew the answer right then. So uh, he said, yeah, I prayed about it, and God's given me a liberty, and that scowl turned to tears, and he started crying, and he said, you know, I, I really believe this is what God would have me to do. And uh, uh, I'm so glad that he listened to God and he gave up the good. He was doing a very good job. He gave up the good for the best. And I'm so glad he did that. I learned so much from his preaching, his teaching, his example. I just love it. But he's a great example for us on scheduling, calendaring, uh, delegating. Uh, he's a great example for us on raising a family. Uh, I live, my wife and I live, same house with him. So we hear a lot about what goes on with those four boys. And those four boys are all boys. So <laughs> uh, bless their hearts, they're doing a great job in raising their family. And uh, we're blessed to have him as our pastor. And I just... Uh, want to encourage you to follow that example and choose what's important over the urgent because you're, you're going to be heartbroken pretty soon if you don't get serious about your time and the investment of your time in the things that are most important to you. Ladies, your husband, man, he's so important. Husband's your wife. Wow. Uh, you're to love her as Christ loved the church. That means you love her sacrificially. And boy, that's a command from the Lord. That's not a suggestion. We're to love our wives as Christ loved the church. Grace and mercy to her. Not condemnation and putting down and scolding. Uh, boy, we need to sit down and assess what we're doing. What we're saying and how we're doing it. And I hope and pray you will do just that. But listen, I want to close with this, with this thought. You're going to be making decisions all of your life. There's times where I got, man, I got sick of making decisions. Had to make so many, and I was making them for me, and I was making them for other people. And sometimes I was helping them with decisions that affect their life. And, boy, I just didn't want anybody coming with more decisions and choices to make. But that's the way life is, and it's not going to change. You need to learn what's important and choose important over urgent. Choose the best over what is good. But listen, the most important decision you can ever make is what are you going to do with Jesus Christ? If you do not accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, not a popular thought in people's hearts and minds today, but there is a heaven to be gained and there is a hell to be shunned. And if you do not humble yourself and cry out to God for mercy through Jesus Christ, accepting his death, burial, and resurrection as a substitutionary work for you, I'm the rotten sinner that should have hung on that tree, not Jesus, but he hung there for me. He shed his blood for me. He died for me. And he rose for every one of us so that we will have that opportunity to accept him as our Lord and Savior 
and spend eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. What are you going to do with Jesus? Man, that's most important. Choices. Choices. They're going to be a part of your life the rest of your life. Father, thank you so much for this time. God, I just pray that um, you can take the words that were shared and, and accomplish in hearts, Lord, what you know each individual needs. God, I just pray that hearts will be encouraged. And Lord, I pray for our pastor that you will just encourage his heart. And Lord, guide him and direct him and empower him. And God, continue to give him grace to be such a great model to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.